Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your host for this episode of the show, and the Chief Lounge Lizard. It's Election Day in the UK, and we're going to talk with Britt Shella, and she's going to tell us all about it and why it's very important for the video game industry. So, obviously, one of my main guests today is Shella. Shella, welcome to the lounge today. Thank you for uh, for taking a break from your campaigning station to, uh, <laughs> to chat with us. Thank you very much for asking me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Shella actually has a prepared uh, gamer's guide to the various candidates, and she's going to go over that and, and, and let us know how gamers uh, should should be voting in this election. Um, and, of course, um, the one of the big issues is uh, taxes. In England, uh, certain, company, certain parties are offering tax breaks to game companies, which is pretty cool. And since we're now touching the realm of business and taxes, we have our death and taxes course. Nate Woolley is also with us. So, Nate, uh, welcome to the lounge today. Also keenly interested in elections, remember? Oh, yes, yes. Nate Woolley is also running for office in our great state of Ohio. So, um, One I won my primary yesterday. Oh, congratulations. So you're officially, you. officially on the ballot. So yes. next step to the Supreme Court where you can go protect uh, video games for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll work out really well. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, Shella, so you've got an election uh, today, actually. Uh, so let us know. Um, the way that – now, most of our readers are actually in the U.S., and, and we're pretty straightforward about how we do our voting. We vote for our representative in Congress, and then we vote for our president, and pretty much majority wins. But you guys do it a little bit differently, and so I just kind of briefly – would you let us know how the government works there and how you pick your prime minister, which is like the top uh, official for, for you? Yeah. Um, well, we don't actually – pick our prime minister the individual because the party picks their leader and then um on a local level we vote for a party so um we never get to choose the guy who's going to be in um uh so yeah today i'm going to do my ballot um and vote for my local mp who is he i mean he might be one of the main three parties we have three main parties but I might vote for the Green Party or someone else. I don't know. UKIP, who are <laughs> against against the UK being in Europe. Oh, the, the um, right. yeah, sort of. Um, um, and, and th- yeah, that's it basically. And those MPs are uh, part of is basically like your parliament. Those are the guys that make the, the yeah. Parliament. They'll 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 then have a seat in parliament. Mm-hmm. Um, and be able to fight for me um, allegedly on local issues and, you know, bring things to Parliament that affect his constituency, which is what it's called. And then the party that gets the majority in Parliament, they they pick the prime minister? Yeah, well, our potential prime minister has already been picked. It's either, I mean, highly likely unless someone ran, some random party gets in, but it's highly likely going to be either David Cameron um, for the Tories, Nick Clegg for the Lib Dems, or Gordon Brown for Labour. Mm, okay. So, so those leaders are already picked out. Right. And do they sometimes have to build coalition governments? I mean, do they have to get other parties? Like, does the Green Party ever support, like, the Tories or whatever? Um, yeah, because 
that's uh, one of the things about this election. One of the key features of this election is that there's a quite a big chance that it's going to be what we call a hung parliament, mm-hmm. which means that there's no outright winner. Um, and then there'd you know, have to be some sort of conversation between the parties and how they were going to run the government. Yeah, so that's quite a big kind of um, strategic thing amongst, you know, like David Cameron for the Tories is saying, you know, vote for Lib Dem mm-hmm. is a vote for a hung parliament because it means that um, Labour won't get in. Right. Uh, so just vote Tory as opposed to... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so makes sense. I mean, it, it almost sounds like a hung parliament would would lead to more representation, given that you'd have to go to some of these smaller parties to to get them on board. And I assume they would be like, yeah, we'll join you, but you know, we're the Green Party, so you have to protect the environment and stuff like that. Um, no, I don't. Th- I I'm I don't think people like the Green Party would get so much to say. I think it would be the three main parties would. Um, Oh, have to okay. sort of hash out an agreement. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. So now that we have the the basis of the uh, of how the election cycle works, now let's get to the the news as it as it uh, relates to us in the video game industry, yeah. and that is that the various parties are are offering to support the video game industry in in a way that I have to say I've never seen in the United States. So so tell us how that how that works, Shella. Okay, well, um, basically the the, um, development trade body in the UK is called TIGA and they've been championing um, tax breaks for like donkey's years. They've been banging away at this, you know, like chipping at the government saying, you know, the UK industry needs tax breaks because um, there's a a massive uh, brain drain of talent from the UK to um, more profitable areas like America and Canada, um, you know, all our talent is leaving basically because they get better wages and, you know, better lifestyle and things. Um, and their company isn't probably going to fold, <laughs> you know, and they're not going to be made redundant. Um, so they've been banging away at this. And then um, Alistair Darling, who's the ch- chancellor of the Exchequer um, in the current government, um, he's the man who holds the, the money bags, basically. Mm-hmm. And he has um, he has something that he, the budget uh, where he announces all the new tax um, breaks and this, that and the other. And um, usually bamboozles us with figures and, you know, gives tax breaks in one area, but puts tax up in other areas. And we're all like sort of none the wiser. But he uh, made a surprise announcement and it sent the UK games industry into a complete flurry um, because he announced tax breaks for the games industry, um, similar to those that are given to the film industry. Um, And he, you know, sort of said that he was committed to investing in new creative industries and, you know, saw the games industry as a sort of vital part of the economy and an industry that could boost jobs. And, um, yeah, so Alistair Darling sort of started this whole thing off. Um, He's done a tour of Dundee, which is like a major centre in Scotland for development. There's loads of development companies up there. And so he visited one of the universities, which has a really highly respected um, video games department um, doing degrees and things. And but he yeah, so that started it. But he said base, but he didn't put those in place. He basically said those would be put in place if he got reelected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that's uh, I mean, 
the budget is basically um, the kickstart for the election because it was, you know, when is the budget going to be announced is kind of an indicator of when, because it's kind of them out laying out their manifesto or an indicator of where we could be Mm. um, after the election. Um, So... So, yeah, um, but he's fully committed to it. Gotcha. And um, none of the other parties in their manifestos um, really mentioned the video game industry. So it's a really huge thing. And, you know, he's talking with Tiger and, you know, he's really showing a huge interest. Wow. Uh, I mean, we've always had, like, maybe a few small champions. But the point is, Alistair Darling is the second most powerful man in the country after Gordon Brown because he holds the money. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was a huge thing. That's that's um, that's pretty unprecedented. Now, Nate, uh, I know you, you have a lot to do with tax issues and so forth. I mean, is there anything like that equivalent in the U.S. where the, the government has said we're going to support an industry? I, I mean, nothing comes to mind for me, but you're the political guy. Well, it's, it's very rare at the federal level uh, that such things are done. Because federal taxation is very specific. It tends to be more the, the individual states, or to get into constitutional terms, the several states that uh, cut these sort of deals, sometimes down to the county and, and city level. Uh, you can get tax incentives or tax abatements where you can lure somebody in and say, and you don't pay taxes for five years if you locate your you know, manufacturing business, whatever, here. Um, uh, an example in this case in, in some local Walmarts will find themselves with a tax abatement on sales tax. They're required to collect the sales tax on goods they sell, mm-hmm. but they don't have to forward it to the local county or state. They get to keep it for X number of years. Oh, wow. As an incentive to, uh, to locate there. Hmm. Okay. So that's more, but that's more, that would be more like, a local municipality or a town or even a state trying to attract a an industry or to come in and work there and spend money there and so forth. It's not really sort of what Shell is sort of describing. It's not really a benefactor thing where the government says, you know, we want to really help this industry. It's more like come work for us in North Carolina and not South Carolina. Well, I mean, I, I can point to one large-scale uh, tax incentive program that the federal government put in place uh, 10 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is something people mostly don't know, but Internet transactions in the United States aren't taxed, and they're exempt from tax by an act of Congress. Oh, okay. And occasionally there's talk about, uh, uh, you know, withdrawing that or, you know, repealing that. Uh, but the incentive was originally put in place because we were adding a sector to the economy, the Internet, and people said, let's not tax them until they get mature. And now they're saying, let's never tax them because people don't like to be taxed. <laughs> well, there, there, that's a great example of where we wanted to grow an industry. And God knows yeah. the, the Internet certainly has grown, and that was helpful. Now, 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 yeah. now, now hold well, on. I think that's, what? The, that's the point, though, isn't it? Because um, the games industry doesn't need any um, tax breaks in the US because it's like the hugest one in the world <laughs> and it's really successful whereas we're losing our talent um, to people abroad and you know our companies are getting bought up or folding mm. um, whereas the US doesn't have that problem yeah I mean I, yeah. I can't I can't we have, we have that for manufacturing yeah I'm sure there are industries um, where that is an issue but 
now, Shellis, you you've done some research, of course, within the within the Europe there, and you've found some countries that have already done this, and apparently their uh, video game industries have become very successful be- because, or at least in part, due to government support. Well, the the big one that we compare to um, ourselves to isn't actually in the um, in Europe. It's Canada because they get um, incredible tax breaks the video games industry there and because Canada is part of the Commonwealth it's easy for people from the UK to move over there and gain residency mm. um, so it's like a really easy channel for all our talented developers to just like go over to someone huge like EA in Canada and um, yeah and so that's why all these Canadian arms of um, big Games publishers and developers are doing so well in Canada, and um, obviously people like Ubisoft and the success of Heavy Rain. Um, I did do a little digging, and I was like, well, how, how did France just? I mean, they've always been a presence, mm-hmm. but they've kind of snuck up on the inside, mm. <laughs> and um, you know, they're very, very close, and you know, you could. At some point, you can see them overtaking the UK in terms of the success of their industry. And so I, had, I did a little bit of digging and um, discovered that the, the government basically got behind the industry. They could see the value in it. And, um, you know, they have a very strong sense of um, culture and the arts in France and um, supporting it. And I think it's just incredible that they've... Um, you know, open their arms to video games as well as film, you know, which they are sort of world leaders in, in film and, um, and art and philosophy and whatnot. Well, well yeah. Um, and I mean, so, I was just going to say, you look at a game like Heavy Rain and, and I mean, it is pretty much like an art film, you know, almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's got all the hallmarks of, um, great French, um, cinema, cinema, really. Um, yeah, and it's and that's that government boost has really helped their their, their video games industry, and we're reaping the benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when a game like Heavy Rain, where it was sort of breaks the norm, I mean, it almost sounds like because of the government support, they were able to take a chance yeah. on something like that. Otherwise, I mean, like e- even here in the U.S., you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a company that would be like, "Well, this is something that's never been done before, and yeah. so let let's take a chance, and we might lose millions of dollars, but it might be successful." I mean, yeah, I mean, and I think that could be a cultural thing as well because France is always, I mean, if you look at cinema. Um, they've always led the way in, you know, sort of innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty cool. So, so Nate, uh, I mean, what, what do you what do you think? Is there any chance that the that uh, the U.S. might somehow support the uh, the video game industry, or is it more like Shella says? You know, we we probably don't have to at this point. At the federal level, it's more likely to see uh, the tax code used as a blunt instrument to alter uh, behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. Like like we see taxes on smoking, we see taxes on alcohol, yeah. Uh, so it's very unlikely at the federal level that we would see support for games, given that the history of uh, federal involvement in the games industry is one of horror and two persecution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anything, they I mean, might tax we, games to make us play less. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we would have never gotten away with modern warfare if it had 
been called, you know, jihad. <laughs> and the the point of view was some guy, you know, building IEDs and blowing up American soldiers. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Pro- probably not real popular. <laughs> so, well, let's- but I mean, that's this is this is a quirk in the American electoral system that demagoguery and you know top-down speeches about the horrors of industry not located in my district uh, is is much easier than trying to substantively address a problem. Right, right. Makes sense. Well, Shell, so back to England. So we've got this this on the table. So now there's there's three main candidates or three main parties that are running that, yeah. that really have a chance of, of getting in there. So you, you have a you have sort of a guide to the three different candidates and what gamers should know about them. So so why don't you let us know how that goes? And then why don't you uh, at, at the end of that, I'll, I'll ask you to endorse one of them. <laughs> So. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we've got Labour, who's currently in power, and they've pretty much laid their cards on the table uh, way back at the beginning of April when Alistair Darling um, announced his budget speech, and you know, so he's um, and he's done his um, press press junket tour of Dundee and stuff. So he's pretty much up there. He's got I'm for the games industry and proud. <laughs> Um, and then it was quite interesting because um, I'm not quite sure of the order of ceremony here, but basically Develop magazine, which is um, a magazine um, for, for the development industry in the UK, has been following this story ever since and um, ever since the budget announcement um, broke and the Tories um assured um well that when their election manifestos came out there was no mention of the games industry apart from in the labor manifesto and then the tories seemed to kind of jump on the bandwagon and um said that they would um produce a mini manifesto um to outline its commitment to the video games industry wow a mini manifesto (laughs) yeah especially for us to keep us all happy (laughs) and um it it didn't materialize and then another uh, a labor minister said well you know this hasn't uh materialized so i think that they're backtracking on their commitment to a tax break and so this was reported and then um tories came back again saying oh no no this is complete rubbish we're completely committed to it and it's all good meanwhile the lib dems get into the party and they um the liberal democrats um who are like the third horse who this election because everybody's voting against labor have a chance of getting some serious power if there's a hung parliament i don't think anyone expects them to win outright but you know they've got their fir- their best chance ever to actually get some serious power mm-hmm. and they stepped up and they um they sort of after their election manifesto was re- released that didn't mention the games industry they've started talking to tiga the development body and you know they're sort of fully behind they're saying that they are going to give tax they fully support the the games tax breaks um so Labour and Lib Dems are all out in the open supporting the uh, tax breaks and the Conservatives have become very shady and they're not really saying anything anymore and have kind of ducked the question really. So um, 
so yeah that's the story right. but I just thought it was really interesting that for the first time we've actually got the parties kind of squabbling over like yeah I know I like the games industry no I, I think they're really cool and the other was like no we like them more actually <laughs> yeah I mean like, I, I can imagine Nate and I dreaming of uh, you know a presidential candidate <laughs> mentioning that as, a, as an election issue that's crazy <laughs> I will challenge my opponent to Call of Duty 2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Not quite got to that stage, but well, so we dream. So, Shell, what, what are what are you what are you who are you going to vote for uh, t- uh, today, and um, and and who do you hope ends up taking the election? Okay. Um, oh gosh, this is quite laying it out there to the public. My voting habits. <laughs> well, we we all we all follow you. I mean, you know. So, <laughs> what should we do, Shella? <laughs> Well, I live in a marginal seat, which means that um, Labour doesn't even have any um, representative there. So I have to vote pretty much between Lib Dem and Tory. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to vote Lib Dem to keep the Tories out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a tactical vote, but... If I could, I think I'd vote Labour in. I hope Labour win again. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I just think Brown's a good man to get us through the economic upheaval. And he's the only one that basically came out and and said, you know, that the tax breaks are going to be given to the video game industry yeah. without being prompted or pushed or prodded. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's also a good point. I mean, it's not really an, an election winner for me, the fact that they're giving the video games industry tax breaks. Um, but, yeah, that's a positive thing. I just think um, the Lib Dem, I, I would never vote Tory because I'm just not a right-wing sort of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Lib Dems, I just find them a little bit wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you kind of know where you stand with Labour. Mm, well, makes sense. All right. So, okay, everybody in the UK, vote Labour. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> Or Lib Dem if you're in a marginal seat. If you're in a marginal seat. Wow. Fascinating stuff over there. Nate, what do you, what do you think about, uh, the way that, um, the way that e- England does it compared to the way that we do it? It sounds pr- really fascinating. It almost sounds like they have a, you know, sort of a better system and <laughs> all. Oh, I'd hate to call it better. It's certainly different. The Westminsterian system is more, at points, chaotic, especially because, well, we haven't mentioned this, John. How often do we have presidential elections? Right, every four years. Della, how often can you have a a general election in the U.K.? We tend to have it every four years. Oh, but you can have it more often if you need to. Yeah, I suppose the government in power can decide when they want to have a general election, but... And and frankly... That's an enormous tactical advantage for the government in power if they want to. From time to time, they can go for a six-week snap election. I mean, we're boring over here comparatively. (laughs) Yeah, but but you know, all all I can really say is, folks, you know, vote Shella. That's what counts. (laughs) That's true. So, and in 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 England, it sounds like it sounds like Shella is endorsing the uh, the Labour Party, and based on the what they've said about the video game industry there, I agree. I mean, sound it sounds good. So. I know uh, Nate and I have a lot of friends up in the Scottish development community. They're always inviting us backstage at E3 for some scotch. <laughs> so those guys are certainly a, <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, um, oh my God! One time it was 9:30 in the morning, and these two guys with kilts just kidnapped us into backstage. Oh, 
Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and they were drinking scotch at 9.30 in the morning. They were like, it's not 9.30 in Scotland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we're in- Surely they were pr- drinking single blend. I have no idea. Single malt whiskey. After the fifth one, it didn't matter. <laughs> so, honest, Honestly, I don't drink at all, so I don't know, but holy cow. <laughs> All right, so uh, so those that's our uh, UK election show. Um, if uh, anybody wants to uh, send us their endorsement, uh, you know, for Tory or Lib Dem or Labour, let us know. Um, uh, we are at uh, Gin Lounge at GameIndustry.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, Shella, good luck in the election, and may the may the best man for the game industry win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, take it easy, everybody. I'll see you next time. And and Shella, I guess your your next column, uh, which is due next week, will be all about how the election panned out. Yeah, could be. All right, well, I hope so. I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let everybody know. <laughs> all right, take it easy everybody. We'll see you next time.